This is one of those days where I wish I had a couple extra hours because there's so much that's been going on in the last news cycle. We're going to pack it all into one hour. Tanner Hoops with you in the sports pen. And we're going to pack it into this hour with Jake Duran of Local 3 here in Marquette. What's up, Jake? Not a whole lot, man. Just enjoying uh, enjoying just another, I guess, I guess it's almost fall. It's feeling kind mm-hmm. of fall-like out. You know, it's it's feeling a little later than it actually is. It's been kind of cloudy, but... You know, just enjoying it, getting ready for the the high school football uh, Friday night lights tomorrow, and and another great week of NFL football. Um, and like you said, just a lot of a lot of news, a lot of news to cover. And uh, yeah, I'm just enjoying it. Yeah, I'll see you at Westwood tomorrow night. Yep, Westwood. Local three is going to be at Westwood. Uh, Westwood Calumet is our game of the week. Uh, it's going to be a tough one for Westwood. Uh, I never actually saw them play yet this season, but um, so far, kind of an up and down season. Lost a lost one in Iron Mountain. Calumet's coming in. They're looking like they really haven't been tested. Coming into the season, I was kind of questioning, will Calumet be able to kind of match what they did last season? They right. lost, I think they lost like four All-UP Dream Teamers, a couple First Teamers, and we went up and interviewed um, those kids up there in Calumet, and they didn't really seem phased at all. So I was like, okay, well, they, they, they're they confident. And then now seeing them play, I mean, you know, they, they look good. They look good on defense. They can run the ball. They're physical. You know, they can pass when they have to. Um, they got guys stepping up. They got Alex Studebaker on defense. He's going to be one of the best defensive players in all the UP this year. He's a beast. So it's going to be a tough one for Westwood. I hope it's a close game. Obviously, it's our game of the week. But um, Westwood's going to have to put together a complete game, and they're going to have to pass the ball. They're going to have to you know, f- hit some big plays. They're going to have to possibly get a couple turnovers on defense, something that's going to kind of turn that game because if they just go head-to-head, I think that Calumet – Offense and defense will wear Westwood down um, throughout the game, and I think Calumet will come on on top. A little over 24 hours till those Friday night lights come on. And don't forget, get ready for it tomorrow afternoon with our Friday Coaches Show here in ESPN-UP. Hear from all five coaches in Marquette County. Get their thoughts on the matchup coming up. Plus, a media perspective. Jake will be on tomorrow. Yes. Get a little little uh, thought from him, a little some, insight. Some, some hot takes. I'm down. <laughs> Let's do it. That's coming up tomorrow. And, of course, we'll have Westwood against Calumet here in ESPN-UP. Doing a little predicting maybe here early on. But I want to give you some uh, predicts for the NFL. Predicts, predictions, whatever. I want to give you some NFL predictions for the weekend. We've been playing pick em over the last week or so. We pick five games throughout the course of the NFL season, five games a week. And after week one, Jake and I are tied atop the standings. We each went four and one last week. The one that I missed was the last one. I had Denver beating Oakland. That didn't happen. You had Carolina beating the Rams. That was the only one that you missed. Mm. So now we're both four and one, tied atop the leaderboard going into this week. Here's what we have for week two. And if you missed it yesterday, our formula is the three primetime games every week, the Thursday, Sunday, Monday night game, and then the two games that we have on ESPN, UP, and ESPN Radio every Sunday, the early game and the late game. Although the early game this week, due to blackout restrictions, won't be here. So only one game here on ESPN, UP on Sunday. But I tell you what, your pick for tonight, we've got Tampa Bay at Carolina in an AFC South showdown. This one, I think Carolina is gonna gonna win this game. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't even think it's gonna be close. I know there's a lot of questions in Tampa. Jameis Winston, I mean, this guy's just so inconsistent. He can lose games for the Buccaneers. He can. Um, he has a turnover issue, and he's very consistent at turning the ball over. That's probably the only thing he's consistent at. Um, and I'm talking like interceptions, just poor decisions and fumbles. So he could potentially, you know, he's losing games for Tampa Bay. You know, Bruce Arians, he's a great coach. I just don't think he has enough to work with. I think 
Uh, Carolina coming in, obviously Cam's health is going to be a big question, but all signs are pointing that he's going to play tonight and he's going to be, he's not going to be 100%, but he'll, he'll be playing. Um, Christian McCaffrey is looking like a stud. They got they got the defense. They got you know weapons on the outside with Curtis Samuel and and DJ Moore. You know Olsen at tight end is is just a consistent target. Um, and then obviously it's, it's in Carolina, so I got to just go with the home team. I just think Carolina is just more more talented. I'm with you on that one. Then we go to Sunday, the early game. We've got Minnesota at Green Bay. I think I know what you're going to say, and I think we're going to disagree. Uh, this is not a biased pick at all. <laughs> Let me throw it out there. I'm going to have to go with the home team. I'm going to have to go with the Green Bay Packers. You know, a lot of people are saying Green Bay. I, I thought last week's game against the Chicago Bears was an impressive win on the road against Chicago. Kind of beat them in their own game, playing just great defense. We knew it was going to be low scoring, a little lower than we thought, but... Um, you got to remember, it was the first week. Aaron Rodgers didn't play in the preseason. Got a new head coach, new scheme. Obviously, the deep defense right now is is a lot way ahead of what the offense is. Um, but I do think coming back at home, I think we'll see that offense click a little bit more. Um, and I know Minnesota looked really good against Atlanta. I don't think Minnesota is going to play like that all the time. They only Kirk Cousins threw ten passes. Yeah, but that's why their defense looks so good. Is because they have a consistent running back that complements a strong defense. What happens? What happens? What happens when if, if Green Bay's defense comes and shuts down Dalvin Cook? What you're going to try to do? I, and then I, you I have to have Kirk Cousins mean. win the game. I I don't, I, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I like the Packers' defense. I like what it looked like. I think they're going to have a stout run game. I think Dalvin Cook will will produce, but I don't think he's going to win the game for them. I think they're going to try to shut down the run game. And then they're going to make Kirk Cousins throw the ball. I like that secondary. I know it's been only one game. Jair Alexander is a top corner in the league. He's a shutdown corner. Um, they got a lot of young guys coming in. That back end with Amos and Darnell Savage, in his first game, he didn't look like the lights were too big for him. Savage should have had at least one pick. That defense should have had at least, at least two picks. I think that defense will smother Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins will make, make a mistake or two. And I think it's going to be close. Don't get me wrong, but I think Green Bay at home. I'm, I'm you know, I got to go with the Packers. I just got to. I just got to. We are going to learn if that Packer defense is for real after this game because I half agree with you in your assessment of the opener on Thursday night. I agree with you in the sense that the Packers defense is better, and they are going to be one of the better defenses in the league this year. But if the quarterback for Chicago was Pat Mahomes instead of Mitch Trubisky, would that have been as an impressive of a game? No, I mean no. No one's gonna gonna hold the Kansas City offense to, you know, little points like that. No right. one's gonna be able to do that. The, that offense is ridiculous. I do, you know, that's the argument. That's been the the argument against against the Packers is, well, they were playing Mitch Trubisky in that offense. I mean, that offense had weapons. Mm-hmm. That offense had had Terry Cohen. They mm-hmm. they had you know that Montgomery guy was supposed to be special, you know. But it was what the Packers were doing. They were pressuring Mitch Trubisky. They never let him get comfortable. That edge, you know, Green Bay bringing in the, the Smith brothers. Those guys played very very well pressuring the ball. So I don't think obviously I think Kirk Cousins is gonna. Uh, outperform Mitch Trubisky but um, I think the Packers will make the plays needed later on in that game like I said I think it's going to be close but I think with Aaron Rodgers and company and in an improved defense we'll see I don't think they're going to look as impressive but I think they're going to do enough and I think you know just on 
in front of the the Lambeau crowd. I just think Green Bay gets it done. All right. We're split on Sunday's game, which, by the way, is available on ESPN Radio, not on ESPN-UP due to blackout restrictions. The late game, this one is available on Sunday here in ESPN-UP. This is going to be a fun one. Rematch of the NFC Championship, New Orleans at L.A. taking on the Rams. Who do you like in this one? This one's tough. I mean, this is this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be high scoring. Obviously, these are two great offenses. This one's on the West Coast. You know, the Saints going there. Uh, you know, this is tough, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go New Orleans. All right, on the road. Um, Carolina played L.A. really good last last week. Um, I just I I like Drew Brees. I like I like Kamara. I think this one's a coin flip. I honestly do. I think this one's going to be a great game. I just want to take. I just. I. I, I think you're going to take LA, so I'm just going to go New Orleans. I think this one should be a primetime game this week because the primetime games this week aren't very good. I, I wish they would switch that up a little bit. You know, be able to kind of flex. Flex games. in week two. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the Sunday night game is Philadelphia at Atlanta. What are you thinking there? I'm going to have to go. I think I'm going to go Atlanta. Okay. At Atlanta, um, they had a really poor showing, like I mentioned earlier against against minnesota i don't think that was the true atlanta team we're gonna see they kind of just ran into this you know i don't know minnesota defense at home that's you know any team that goes into minnesota in in that stadium is going to have issues and they kind of ran into a buzzsaw obviously they probably didn't expect alvin cook to do what he did but i think they're going to get they're going to play better at home in front of their home crowd you know, I, I I just like it. I like Atlanta. I like that offense. Uh, you know, I like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Sanu. That defense will do just enough. Philly's a great team, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just go Atlanta just because of home field. Don't forget my fantasy tight end Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper. Yeah, I mean they have <laughs> weapons. It's, it's can they stop the the Philly offense? Mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson looking like he's twenty oh, twenty one again. He's That's fun insane. To watch. Um, so yeah, it's that, that that'll be a good one. But I'm gonna have to I'm gonna go on a limb and say Atlanta at home. And I know it's. It's not really going out on a limb, but a lot of people might have Philly winning that one. Monday night football was so good during week three of last year when they put it on Thursday night football. They wanted to do it week two on Monday night football. You have Cleveland in New Jersey playing New York, and we found out today there will be no Sam Darnold. I had to look up who the New York Jets backup quarterback was, and it's Trevor Simeon, Mm -hmm. to my surprise, still in the league. Mm -hmm. Even more to my surprise, he has a career-winning record in the NFL. I wouldn't have guessed that, but he's 13-11 and 11 in games where he starts, albeit I don't think that win-loss records are quarterback stats. No. I, I don't believe that. But he is going to be getting the start unless the Jets pick up somebody off the street, which they're going to have to here in the next couple of days because they only carry two quarterbacks right now. Trevor Simeon is their only active quarterback for Monday night against Cleveland. Yeah, um, Trevor Simeon, I think the last time he played was in 2017 with the Denver Broncos, and, mm-hmm. and that was a really good defense he was playing with. So I think a lot of those wins probably were courtesy of a really good defense. He was probably managing the clock, hanging, handing the ball off. Um, the New York Jets, they lost one of their, you know, not their best receiver, but a really good receiver, Quincy Anua. He's mm-hmm. out for the season. I know Le'Veon Bell has some shoulder soreness. Obviously, like you said, Sam Darnold's not going to be there. They are at home, but... Um, I think for for Cleveland, I'm not saying this is a must win for them, but can you imagine if they went and lost this game? In if New they York? lose, the sky will fall in Cleveland. Right. Um, you know, you know what time it is. Odell knows what time it is mm-hmm. with that with that watch. I'm gonna have to go with the Cleveland Browns. I just think they're more talented. I don't think they played near their potential in Week One. And like I said, this is kind of a must win for them. Mm-hmm. 
and I think they'll start. You'll start to see things clicking and things, and I think Cleveland goes in and gets a a much needed win in New York. So many storylines to unpack from that matchup. First of all, the reason Sam Darnold is out is because he has mono, so bad so that he has been quarantined from the rest of the team. They're not allowing him into team facilities, and Adam Gase went to his home last night. He was the one that told Darnold that uh, he has mono, which, honestly, you know, I thought he was just kind of a normal guy over in Miami. He's turned into such a weirdo since he's gone to New York and become the Jets coach, the crazy eyes, snorting the smelling salts, drinking coffee like six a day, and sleeping like four hours every night. Like, he's just a strange guy. That's not the guy I want telling me I am mono showing up at my house in the middle of the night. That's scary. To, can you imagine <laughs> opening, the, opening the door and seeing him standing in front of your house? I mean, I mean, come on. I Actually, I had mono years back mm. and it's not fun I, I think sam darnold already lost five pounds i think mm-hmm. it's one of the things you know it, it it i'm not really sure like what exactly mono is necessarily or or things like that all i know it's not fun um it's very serious you know it, it really affects you like like i said you you lose weight and things like that and you fatigue and just run down and you just it just attacks your immune system and, and just yeah you just super fatigued definitely you can't definitely play football and it spreads so probably a good thing that he's not around the team you don't want a, a epidemic going around the squad early on in the season with people being out because it lasts for a long time mm-hmm. um so that's unfortunate for him and, and it just it's the new york the new york jets luck you know i mean really really but i don't know even if sam darnold was there i think cleveland would probably take that game there literally is no positive right now to the new york jets like there is no reason at all to feel optimistic it's sad because coming into the season i thought they were going to be one of the most improved teams just with who they added their young guys taking the next step you know they added cj mosley Le'Veon bell they got the new jerseys you mm-hmm. know they're feeling great but yeah, sometimes this happens to teams. <laughs> you know, you just—I uh, think Los Angeles is a team who's getting hit really hard with the the injury bug, and luckily they have more talent to kind of overcome all that. But there's a certain teams, you know, who just some years you just don't have the the luck on your side, and and early on it's seeming like uh, it's seem, seeming like New York is one of those teams that. The luck's just not not working out for them. Well, I tell you what, Greg Williams, now the defensive coordinator with the Jets, is facing his old team over in Cleveland, and it will be the first meeting between a team coached by Greg Williams and a team that Odell Beckham Jr. plays on since the preseason of 2010 when there was a little bit of a bounty scandal that never really transpired. But Odell Beckham maintains that the at the time, Cleveland Browns defensive players were told by Greg Williams to target Odell Beckham and take him out of the game. That was back when Odell was still a member of the New York Giants. And Beckham said that his career has been changed ever since. And it's going to be the first meeting between those two since that happened on Monday night. And again, Greg Williams now coordinating the Jets defense will be opposing Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know how they plan to stop him. Maybe it means dirty hit, take him out of the game. I tell you what, Odell Beckham Jr. is in the news himself. He is doing his darndest to fast-track himself to being Antonio Brown Jr. I mean, I'm not kidding. This guy is already on pace to do it, and he's showing this kind of craziness at a much younger age than Antonio Brown ever did. He goes out in a $189,000 wristwatch. He clearly has it over his tape. It's clearly there to make a statement. And then when he's asked about it, criticized about it afterwards, he says, if this was anybody else then it wouldn't be a big deal. 
But the thing is, I mean, you're doing it to get attention. You're doing this to get a reaction. And then he's going on social media and being like, uh, anything I do, obviously, blah, blah, blah. But like you said, you know that you're going to go out there. I, I'm already, I'm thinking this is already pre-planned. He's like, I'll go out there, you know, I'll have this $200,000 watch. People will see it, you know, I'll get talked about, I'll stay in the headlines. I mean, this guy shot up from popularity with that catch against Dallas early on his mm-hmm. career. And he changed from it. And uh, honestly, it would affect any young young athlete um, in a spotlight like that. And honestly, I think he's kind of got lost in that a little bit. You know, he, he claims to be this guy who's very humble and, and appreciates, you know, his journey and where he comes from and things. But then, on the other hand, he seems like, like a hungry attention. You know, he wants that attention and things like that. And, and it's like, come on, dude. You gotta, do you have to wear a watch? Mm-hmm. Why you, You're honestly making this a big deal, too. Knowing you're going to go out there, it's going to be talked about, the NFL is going to do something about it. Like, why do you need a watch during the game? It makes no sense to me. And going back to the Greg Williams thing, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not saying, like, I wouldn't put that past him. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to do it and tell him to, to hit Odell and things like that. But Odell has shown if you get a little physical with him, he's going to overreact. You're going to get into his head, and it's going to take him off his game. And, and if that's something you're going to do, Greg Williams obviously always has very physical defenses and, and things like that. I don't think... You want to go out there and be like, all right, go go hurt him. But yeah, you want to you want to hit him and let you know it's going to be a physical physical game and try to get into his head to take him off out of the game because if he gets going early, then he's in that zone and he can be one of the best receivers in the league. Well, and I don't know Greg Williams personally, but did you watch Hard Knocks last year? Yeah. Because he portrayed the villain role perfectly, and I don't know if he was trying to do that. But if that's what he's like in real life, then he is a total dud of a personality, and I wouldn't doubt it at all if that right. was planned. Yeah, I mean he's intense. He's intense. You know, he, he, he's very passionate and, you know, like, like I said, he likes those guys that like to come down and, and sacrifice their bodies and, and that's the type of defense he wants and that's the type of players he wants and that's what he trains. You know, don't be afraid to come down and, and knock somebody on their you-know-what. And um, But he's he's a good defensive coordinator. You know mm-hmm. you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a, a, a defense that's going to come down and hit somebody and, and, you know, not give up easy points. And, you know, that's why he's been in the league for, for how long he's been. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you in the Sports Pen Thursday afternoon. we got to take our first time out. When we come back, is it over for USA Basketball internationally or is a new chapter just beginning? Next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad you're with us on a Thursday afternoon. We're going to get to some USA basketball. We're going to eat our crow, have our international shame, what have you, here in just a moment. Jake, I want to give you this, though. Do you follow Darren Rovell on Twitter? Uh, I don't I don't think so. He's a good follow. Darren Rovell does a lot of the money line numbers. He keeps track of prices. Uh, anything financially that's relatable to sports, Darren is the insider on it. And about an hour ago, he tweeted something that was pretty pertinent to me that I really enjoyed. I want to share with our listeners quick. It is hate week back in Iowa. Iowa, Iowa State playing each other. I tell you what, this year where they both have such high expectations... It is a really hot ticket for this year's Hawkeye Cyclone game at Jack Trice Stadium in Ames this weekend. So much so that the average ticket costs $210, which is third most among live events in Iowa in the last five years. This includes sporting events, concerts, the fair, anything that's been in Iowa, some kind of live show. In fact, it's the only sporting event that's made the top five. Top five hottest tickets in Iowa in the last five years. I was looking at this list, 
And I was actually at one of these events. And now knowing me, I want to give you the other four, and you tell me which one it was. Which one it was that I had a ticket to out of this group. The highest selling ticket in Iowa in the last five years was Paul McCartney. He did a show in Des Moines on July 21st, 2017. Average price of a ticket, $229. The number two event on this list, Garth Brooks plus uh, plus Trisha Yearwood in Des Moines. That was April 30th, 2016. 220 was the average ticket. Then, of course, the Iowa Iowa State game, 2010, uh, 210, I should say, is the average price of a ticket. Number four, Taylor Swift performing in Des Moines, October 8th, 2015. And number five, the Eagles at a concert in Des Moines. That was March 26, 2018. Average price of a ticket, $193. So knowing me, and I give you that list, which of those events, which concert, Paul McCartney, Garth Brooks, Taylor Swift, or the Eagles was I at? You were at Taylor Swift. I was at Taylor Swift. I know. know. Because, man, I follow you on Instagram, and I follow Taylor Swift on Instagram. I see you liking those photos. I see you liking those. No, I, I remember you mentioning, me, mentioning to me that you, you saw Taylor Swift, and I was kind of jealous because, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a diehard fan of her music. Mm-hmm. She has some, some hits. Obviously, I have a younger daughter, so, mm-hmm. you know, she was loving her music at some. She, I think she's kind of like past the Taylor Swift stage a little bit. She's, I am too. A she's only. she's only seven, but you know, there was like a year or two when she was just obsessed with Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. I think um, all of us were. You know, yeah, I'm, you know, feeling twenty two and whatnot. <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, I, you know, I listen to her music and things like that, and, and I keep up with it. And um, you know, so yeah, I, I understand it. I understand it. she's a, she's good looking as well. So you got to give her that. Swift and out of the sports pen today. That audio, believe it or not, courtesy of ESPN. Oh, I was going to say that. Oh, you're going to play the whole, the <laughs> whole album? No, no, we, otherwise we'd we probably done? get sued. <laughs> right, right. Thankfully, that was from the parent company at ESPN nice. here, so it's legal. It's legal. We should, uh, yeah, I was going to say, just turn into a concert in here real quick. Uh, for those who are still listening, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a Major League Swifty. Now I'm a minor, yeah. minor League Swifty. Who, who, who are you listening to these days? Who am I listening to these days? Um... Yeah, I'm listening to a lot of sports radio these days. I know, me too. I, mean, I not I'm, a lot of music I'm, as much me, as I used to, anyway. I'm I still feel, do. You know, honestly, I'm feeling the same way. I was actually just thinking about that the other day. We're grown ups um, now. You know, I'm listening to more podcasts. I think this is like a trend, though. I think a lot of pe- more people are moving into just like you know favorite podcasts and things that are at hand. Um, and honestly, the music these days—I don't know if it's just me getting old or whatnot—but I just haven't found anything that I'm really, really interested in. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, there's been like hits and things like that but like full albums and things and just um artists putting out consistently good music i just haven't been able to find it these days i'm I'm more listening to the stuff i was listening to when i was in college so Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know what it is but definitely more of a podcast person myself it might be a man card revocation but my workout playlist is pretty much ariana grande 
Hey man, honestly, you listen to you know listen to some some artists that are really good. Into you it gives is a you really good song. Gives you motivation. I'm telling you. Like I hit the treadmill and I work up a sweat with Into You going through the earbuds. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I should try that. I should try. That. I need, see. I, I like more. I like more beats and things. Like I like hip hop music and things like that to work out to. You know, just to hype me up. But sometimes it's good to listen to you know really good looking. Uh, women artists or or just good looking artists in general just to kind of get that motivation you know get you get that those extra curls sometimes you get that one or two more extra benches and and it were people out there who work out they understand they understand i tell you what we've spent more than half the segment on that nonsense so let's get to our international shame let's eat our crow the u.s losing to serbia today in the consolation semifinals of the fiba world cup 94 to 89 was the final score. We were down 32 to 7 after one quarter, rallied and got within four at halftime, went into the fourth quarter down 71 to 68, but it wasn't enough as the Serbs get the win by five. The U.S. will play for seventh place on Saturday morning. I think we play like Poland or somebody, and it will be our lowest finish internationally since we started sending NBA players to this competition in 1992. So they had an interesting debate on the Lebetard show earlier today, and I want to piggyback off that, and I want to get your thoughts on it and give it to our listeners in case they missed it. Dan Lebetard brought me back to 2014. There was a moment back in 2014 that has been extremely vivid in my mind. Lebetard believes it is over for USA Basketball internationally, like our reign of dominance is done because we're not going to get top-tier NBA players to go over and play in the World Cup and the Olympics maybe anymore. He believes that our fate was sealed in early August of 2014, and I remember watching the video for the first time. My family owns a small resort up in northern Minnesota. It's north of the Twin Cities, probably closer to Canada, but I love going up there. I haven't been there in five years, but it's a cabin out in the woods. I love cabins in the woods. They're so cozy. But we were out there, and... I see this alert on my phone, and I look down, and it says, Paul George broke his leg in USA training camp. And the video, I'm sure for a lot of people it's true, is still so vivid in my mind because of how gruesome that injury was. And Levitard believes that was the turning point. That's when star NBA players decided they are not going to risk their pro career by playing in an international tournament. And certainly, we sent like the D team over there. I mean, Joe Harris was in our starting lineup. I saw that. I was very shocked, to be honest. <laughs> we have Plumley out there representing the red, white, and blue. It's just we we can't expect to win with that kind of group. And because of that, Levitard believes that our international reign is over. However, Stu Gotts, who was on the show here Tuesday, now friend of the show. He decided that he was going to challenge Dan by saying, this may be the start of something new. We may be turning the page. Because prior to 1992, we were sending college athletes overseas, and they just get their butts kicked. Back when Russia was literally buying themselves gold medals, you know, because they physically did pay officials to, to call Jeez. games their way. But, but after that ended in 1992, we assembled the greatest team ever. They went to Barcelona, and they just dominated everybody. You saw, like, Charles Barkley, there's an iconic image of Charles Barkley poking an Angola player in the neck, and we're winning by, like, 70, and yet Barkley is <laughs> is taking a cheap shot at a player from Angola, and it caused an international incident at the time. Why? Because the U.S. had been pounded on for so long, because we were the doormat for so long, that those guys wanted to go back over there, and they wanted to reassert that dominance. That's what Stugatz believes is going to occur out of this. I want to get your thoughts on it. Whose side are you on, Levitard or Stugatz? You know, 
I, I'm kind of more on Stu Gatz's side. Um, and I think with the World Cup, I can see definitely they're going to be, or, or, you know, there's going to be an issue because I think the Olympics is a little bit bigger of a stage and mm-hmm. it only happens every four years. So I think we might see more players wanting to do that. It's going to, I don't see, think we're going to see these stars go over there multiple times. But I think it's an experience that you're going to want to at least have at least once in your NBA career. Um, obviously, when LeBron and all them went over and things like that. Now they're a little bit older. Obviously, you know they they're trying to take they're, they're more you know conscious about their bodies and keeping it healthy for the NBA season. You know they're not going to want to play year round anymore, and and I see that. Um, so I do think that there's going to be a young group of stars. Maybe they're it's just not as strong right now, but I think there's a group of of players coming up that are going to probably want to be in the Olympics that haven't had that opportunity. Um, whether it be like Devin Booker, guys like that, Zion, um, Zion, you know, you at least have to go over there and try it once. Mm-hmm. You know, getting a gold medal is something not a lot of people get to do. Right. And um, you know, basketball's been U.S.'s sport, the USA sport for so long. I mean, this should light a fire for the Olympics even more, because really, like I said, man, they lost, but it's like okay, we didn't even have our best players, so you whatever. You know what I mean? That's kind of the feeling I get. Like okay, yeah, you beat you beat a, a team that has you know, players that are fringe bench players on NBA teams. So um, I do think that there's going to be a young group willing to go over and and play in the Olympics. Um, Like I said, a group like Trey Young, Devin Booker, Zion Williamson. I think, you know, Jaron Jackson was a guy that people brought up as a guy that that might want to go over there and play. Um, but you're not going to see players multiple times go over there. Um, when you're younger, you want to play basketball. You know, you you, you want to play basketball year round. You're you're you know eager, energized to go do it. Then after that, you know, you get into the league a couple years. Your body starts to break down. Yeah, you want to take the off time and and not play basketball year round. You want to train and get ready for the season. Um, just so happens that this this group here just just didn't just didn't have it. They mm-hmm. they, they have talent on the team, but their chemistry was off. Just something wasn't right. Greg Popovich was on the staff. Apparently, anytime he's on the staff of any of these USA basketball teams, they underachieve tremendously. Um, I think I think he was on the Olympic staff, and, which is weird. You know, they finished six, and then he was on the World Cup staff. They finished eighth, and now, or something, not eighth, but something like that. Um, and then now this season, they're going to finish really bad. Um, but I don't think I don't think we're done sending big names over there i just think right you know this crop of players just didn't live up to it and i think olymp when the olympics roll around you're going to see bigger names want to jump on jump on the opportunity to go over there and try to win a gold medal at least once in their career because look at the resumes mm-hmm. gold medals count sure. you know you're nba champion mvps two-time gold medalist blah, blah blah you know that's big big you know big time and now that the the world is kind of catching up to the USA, when you talk about talent, I mean, if I'm an NBA player, I'm a young guy, I want to go over there and, be, and and show the world like I'm one of the best players in the world. Um, and if I have the energy and I have the, the the fresh legs to go do it and you know play one year year round basketball, then I'm just going to go over there and do it. So I think these young guys will talk to each other and be like, listen. That was embarrassing. We got to go over there. We got to take this this thing back. And and I think USA basketball, at least for the Olympics, will still be strong. You know, this type of tournament here, questions. No one cares about the World Cup. No one cares. I didn't even really watch it. You know, I'm I'm into the Olympics because it's just a bigger 
thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? This kind of just seems like a mid-season tournament. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like you know a finals or anything like that. Like you would rather be an NBA Finals champion than a FIBA World Cup champion, right? It almost feels like this is like a qualifying tournament or something. And like it that. was you actually I mean? because we did clinch a spot in the 2020 Olympics by making the quarterfinal round. But that team's going to look a lot different than the team we sent right. here. You know, the, the vibes are different because you're not playing for the big thing. You know, yeah, you make it, but you know, with a qualifying tournament, it's just not. It's just not as. It's not is big to me it, it just it seems smaller well i tell you what uh i agree with you in the sense that we are going to see bigger names coming back for the olympics because people care about that but we may not see the big names uh really anymore i mean i wonder if even kemba walker is going to want to play for team usa in the olympics but the team we put out there is going to be better than joe harris Plumley, uh guys like that i tell you what speaking of guys that you wonder maybe if they still have it or not joe johnson is back and guess where he ended up? Guess who he signed with a couple hours ago? Signed with the Detroit Pistons. Joe Johnson, you happy about this? You know, it didn't really move the needle at all for me. I'm, I'm, you know, obviously he's a big name. I'm happy for him to get another opportunity. Big three MVP. He was showing that he could still, you know, in the big three, you got to be able to create your own shot. And Joe Johnson's been a guy that's been able to create his own shot his whole career. Showed he still has it. Showed he still has the the passion, the competitiveness. Um, the offensive firepower. So for the Pistons, who were not the greatest offensive team last season, um, and got and, and honestly, a lot of their starters are injury prone. I think what they want to do is get as many guys on their bench that can create their own offense, which is smart because you never know when you're going to need a bucket. And and any anytime you can have guys that can come in with experience, who who can kind of just you know take the ball and, and do what they they must to get a, a bucket that's a good thing so i think it's a great signing now they got you know him d rose is there um you know they're 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 getting guys they're getting guys are they are they something that are exciting me no not really but but i mean he's a name and uh he showed he can still he can still you know perform when the when the lights are on him so i think it's a great signing it may not move the needle for me either but I like this signing a lot because what do you have to lose? This is a guy that can space the floor. That was the biggest weakness for Detroit last year. Their floor spacing, I'm not going to say it was terrible. They just couldn't do it because they couldn't get anybody to spread out when they're packing the paint with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. Now you've got an outside shooter who can stretch the defense a little bit. I don't think Detroit had anything to lose by making this move. No. you know, My question with it is, why was he out of the league in the first place? What caused him to not be in the league, mm-hmm. and has he fixed that issue? Um, but, yeah, I mean, like like you said, I mean, they got nothing to lose. Um, any like Anytime you can get a guy who's who's been, you know, he's been an all-star, he's, he's done things. I remember him back in Phoenix, he used to be one of my favorite players, was was just a, you know, he was a beast. He was a beast offensively. Um, you know, even if he has just a little juice in the tank, that that's good for Detroit, and, and they need a bench, obviously. They need people who can score. They don't have, they've never really had really good wings or depth at that position. So, um, yeah, it definitely adds a little bit of depth, and it definitely will, will probably be a good thing for Detroit. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take another time out. When we come back, a former QB's advice to a current one is being roundly criticized, but is there some truth to it? Plus, a winless football team just got their biggest win of the year. That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along this Thursday afternoon. Here's your Sports Center update. 
More home runs have been hit in 2019 than any other Major League Baseball season. Last night, Jonathan VR hit the 6,106th long ball of the Major League season, a new all-time record. Sticking with baseball, New York Mets rookie first baseman Pete Alonso wore custom cleats commemorate Stugatz moment. <laughs> commemorating the 18th anniversary of the September 11th terrorist attacks. Only, he didn't just buy them for himself, but he supplied the entire Mets team with these custom 9-11 cleats. The Mets would go on to score nine runs on 11 hits. How about that? Nice. It's one of those things that's not coincidence. And finally, yesterday the Cleveland Browns notified a fan named Eric Smith that he had been banned from First Energy Stadium for pouring a beer on Tennessee Titans defensive back Logan Ryan during Sunday's game. One small problem, Eric Smith wasn't at the game on Sunday. In fact, he hadn't been to a Browns game since 2010. A beer was poured on Logan Ryan after they had celebrated a pick six. They misidentified the perpetrator. I, I saw saw the video. The guy has a beard. What are the... You know, what are the chances that he shows up at the next game without a beard to not be, you know, identified? I wonder if there's going to be like wanted signs on all of, you know, all over the stadium. Is um, this not just the most Browns thing to do? Totally yeah. disappoint, not live up to the hype, and then do something like this. Yeah, maybe it was frustration through the Browns fan, uh, through the Browns fan, but like, just don't, don't do that. You know, if you get banned from the stadium, do you do you become a fan of a different team? I is mean, that even a punishment to be banned from Browns? Games? Right. It's like okay. Um, honestly, if I ever got banned from a stadium, to me, it's like honestly, I would just probably switch teams. As much as it, <laughs> it, it would, it wouldn't be fun. But if I can't ever go to a game, that's part of like part of like the cool thing about it is like all right, at least once in a while, I'll be able to go see this team live. Even though I, I do enjoy watching games at home more, mm-hmm. but if I just could never go to that stadium, it's just like kind of sucks the fun out of it but it's obviously your fault as well but that guy might is that guy going to get away with it was he in the wrong seat like that guy was just breaking all sorts of rules i don't know i mean you can't just pour a beer on a player on the field but then he did get away with it so part of me has a little bit of admiration <laughs> in the sense that he's he got away with it not, i'm not condoning what he did stugatz might he was here mm-hmm. but no i i, I I kind of feel bad for the guy who was misidentified. On the other hand, he doesn't have to go see the Browns anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly surprised the Browns fan would waste that beer after what he watched. <laughs> I would probably be drinking it a, lot, it, a lot faster. Need a lot more this season, it sounds like. Well, I tell you what, a former quarterback has some advice for a current one. Carson Palmer has been roundly criticized for advising Dak Prescott to negotiate for less money on his upcoming contract we know Dak is going to get a new deal sometime soon it's expected to be right around the Carson Wentz part which would put him in the top four or five in the NFL something like that the league average for a quarterback is 18 million a year Carson Palmer's advice for Dak Prescott is if you want the Cowboys to be good to be a dynasty during your time negotiate for 10 million about 8 million below the league average you could be a top four quarterback or you could allow that team to spend the extra money they were going to use on you to pay everybody else around you that's making you good. You take the pay cut, and your team is good for a long time instead of having a Super Bowl window of a year or two. You know what? I think he's right. I think Carson Palmer is right. and All you have to do is look at Tom Brady and what he's done. He's never tried to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, and the Patriots have always had money to go out and get superstar talent around him. I think Carson Palmer's absolutely right, but I think he is absolutely the wrong person to be saying this because he's still top 10 all-time in most lucrative NFL contracts, and contract records are being broken like right now. He hasn't been in the league for the better part of this decade, and yet he's still 
been paid more than only nine other guys who've ever played in the NFL. And, I mean, you want to put the team first? Let's be honest. Carson Palmer was not the guy that comes to mind when you think of team first throughout his NFL career. But Carson Palmer was never really on a team that was set up the way the Cowboys are. They have stars at every position. They're right there. Carson was on teams that, you know, if if I'm going to be out here getting destroyed, I might as well get paid for it. Right, but, you know, but if, that's if not Dak, the situation Dak is in right now. Exactly, exactly. That's why I think he's right. Um, if you're if you're Dak and and the way Carson put it, he can make all that money tenfold through endorsements. Mm-hmm. If the Cowboys are relevant in in you know making NFC Championship appearances, you know Super Bowl appearances, because when when the Cowboys are good and you're in the middle and you're the the center of that, you know the money's going to come flowing in. Mm-hmm. You know there's going to be brand sponsors, commercials, just everything. You know so he probably would be able to put up a Instagram post and and make money off of it. Um, so I kind of see where he's coming from, and and I do agree with him, um, because the numbers don't lie. You have a if if your quarterback on your team is getting paid in you know the top what's five or six or something like that, chances are you're not going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know Tom Brady, like you said, has been taking pay cuts for years. Um, the Rams they they made the Super Bowl when when Jer- Jared Goff was still on his rookie contract. I think the Seahawks did a lot of their winning when. Russell Westbrook or Russell Wilson was on his rookie contract, not mm-hmm. making a lot of money. So, um, and and I know the Green Bay Packers were were discussing like you know obviously you're going to pay Aaron Rodgers, but you know you you were hoping that even Aaron was going to take a pay cut to help you know keep things going around him. And and you know there's a salary cap, so yeah, um, a lot of guys are getting paid now. If you're Dak, do you take that risk? Because obviously there's injuries or and things like that. Um, Dak's been a very good quarterback for the Cowboys. I I don't think he 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 can't raise a team like like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You know he's p- product of you know the system and, and the guys who who has a who he has around him. Um, but I do I do think he deserves being obviously getting paid the money. When are we going to see a quarterback you know kind of step out of the box and not do it? Is it going to be Dak? I don't think so. But I do see where Carson Palmer is coming from. I do see, I do think that the Cowboys would be better off if he took some sort of pay cut. But then you kind of look at it like, why didn't Zeke take a pay cut, or right. why didn't this person take a pay cut if if they want to do it for the best of the team? Why should why should Dak do it? Right, um, and he's not obligated to do it. In right. fact, he deserves to be maybe not one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, but certainly above league average, at least in my mind. You know who wants him to do it the most? would be the Cowboy fans because they want that extra money, a little salary cap space freed up so they can keep guys like Leighton Vanderrash, who's up for a new contract here in a couple of years. Amari Cooper will be another one. They want to have that extra money to be able to pay all these guys and still stay under the salary cap. And the By- fans are Byron Jones. They need Byron their Jones. secondary has always been you know questionable group. You you want to keep your your staple there too. So and the Cowboys fans will never see a dime of Dak Prescott's money. They don't care what he's getting paid. They just care that they have a good team to cheer for on Sundays. Right, exactly. So it's up to the GMs to kind of you know kind of strategize and, and make sure that this team is going to you know I don't obviously they're going to they're going to have to lose players they're they're handing out money left and right mm-hmm. you know they have an offensive line that they need to pay probably the best in the NFL like you said they have a top running back Amari Cooper even though I don't think he's a top receiver in the league you know he had he just, gave up a first for him you know he gave up a first for him so you him. you got to you got to keep him you got to pay him um, I don't think Dax you know a great he's a good quarterback he's solid I don't think he's great you know I don't think you can put him on you know a team that's not is 
not as great, not all around, and him be be good mm-hmm. as good. Like I think you can put Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers on any team, and he'll be able to raise that talent. I don't think Dak's the type of Dak needs a running back. Dak needs an offensive line, and he needs weapons to be successful. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a tough thing. I think the Cowboys are going to pay him. I also agree with Car- uh, Carson. I know he looks crazy because you know he's made so much money in his career, but mm-hmm. but. You know, it's going to take, you might, you know, you could either have one Super Bowl or you can set yourself up for multiple Super Bowls. I think, you know, that's kind of the question here. I think Dak's going to get paid, and I think they're going to have to let go of, you know, a Leighton Van Der Esch or a Byron Jones and, and things like that and then kind of sacrifice one of those players. Right message, wrong messenger in response to Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz. How about Carson Palmer? Carson Wentz probably says the same thing. Carson too, Wentz though. probably like, Dak, you should probably just leave. Get out of there. Go get paid somewhere else. Right message, wrong messenger. I tell you what, we are coming up close on a break, but I want to get to this. It has been a tough year for Tennessee Volunteer football fans. Titans are 1-0, but the Vols are 0-2. They dropped a heartbreaker to BYU in overtime week one. They got thumped by Georgia State on their home field, a team they paid almost $1 million to come, and they predicted it would be an easy win. However, they had one of their biggest wins of the year this week, and if you haven't heard about this story, I think most of you have, but a fourth grader who's a Volunteers fan, he goes to school in Florida, was bullied at school because he had a homemade T-shirt it was an orange T-shirt on a piece of paper. He had clipped to the shirt. It had UT, University of Tennessee, written on it, and he was bullied for that. The university found out, and they made the design an official school logo, and they've been selling shirts all week. In fact, Wednesday, Tuesday maybe, maybe even as early as Tuesday, the official school apparel site crashed, and people couldn't order them anymore because they had so many orders. It was a really good thing, and they donated it to an uh, anti-bullying organization. So really good look for Tennessee. This is a developing story because today the school let this fourth grader know that there is a full scholarship waiting for him if he decides to become a volunteer. So good for the University of Tennessee. They might be 0-2 in the football field, but that's a big win for them. Yeah, definitely. Probably their biggest win of the season, um, just looking ahead, because they're bad. Uh, <laughs> their football team is bad, but great story. Um, very classy move from the University of Tennessee. Uh, great idea, to be honest with yeah. you. You know what I mean? Um, so, that you know, you love stories like that. Obviously, uh, you never want kids to get bullied. Unfortunately, it happens across the whole country. Um, but very, just a very classy move and just, you know, a very unique idea. You know, the shirts the shirts are really cool looking. Um, and, and that's 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 pretty pretty good story and good for him to, to, to get that scholarship and things like that and just, you know, kind of stand up to the bullying and, and and sometimes good things happen like that let's take another time out when we come back california passed a major piece of legislation yesterday one that we've all been hoping for but is it as good as we all think it is is the picture as rosy as we say it is it may not be that's next on espn up Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of our show today, check it out on demand with our mobile app or look us up ESPNUP.com online. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad that you're along. A lot of policies, a lot of legalizations happening yesterday, a lot of news. Some of it positive, some of it more positive. Uh, the more positive being... Both Ohio State and LeBron James lost their trademark appeals. Ohio State tried to trademark the word the. LeBron tried to trademark Taco Tuesday. Both were beyond stupid. Both failed, and I'm glad for it. I was losing sleep over that. (laughs) I was losing sleep. Um, Yeah, the in Taco Tuesday. 
pretty universal. Yeah. Or at least, you know, a lot of people do use those phrases. They didn't just come up with those phrases. <laughs> so um, normally anytime you're trying to trademark a single word that's in the dictionary, probably not going to happen. Well, I tell you what, we're coming up in the final minutes of this show, but I wanted to get this in because yesterday California passed a bill through the California State Office that athletes, college athletes in that state can now profit from their name, likeness, memorabilia, what have you. They can sign autographs. They can get paid for pictures. They can get paid for public appearances. That would take effect in the year 2023. So we still have about four years before this would go into effect. And you know what? I think that's great. I think I you know, have been pretty clear about where I stand on it, that I've never had a problem with a college athlete being able to profit off his likeness, his name, memorabilia, what have you. Never had a problem with it. But the way this is happening, I'm a little bit concerned. This is why I'm more worried than I am excited about what happened in California yesterday. Because there's going to be an entire balance of power shifting in college athletics. Let's say I'm the best high school quarterback in the country. It's my senior year. I'm a dual threat. I've got a cannon of an arm. I run like a deer. I'm just the perfect quarterback. And then Everybody wants me. <laughs> and then I woke up. Everybody wants me. Kirby Smart down in Georgia is trying to get me down there. Uh, we've got Coach Jim telling me that he finally realizes Patterson was overhyped. He wants me to come in and <laughs> take his place. Uh, and then uh, let's say Stanford out in California. Let's say they are calling and knocking on my door. Well, between those three schools, at one of them, I can profit off my autograph, my likeness, my memorabilia. I can get paid just to show up at like a car dealership in town. I can do a public appearance illegally. I'm probably going to pick Stanford. And lots of athletes are going to pick the schools in California. The 23 D1 institutions in California, particularly the four in the Pac-12, Stanford, Cal, USC, and UCLA, are going to have a decisive advantage over the rest of the country. That's why I wish this policy would have been implemented at the federal level rather than at the state level. You know, and there are some states I think will follow suit. I think that there will be some states that do this, but not all of them. I don't think you're going to get all 50 states on board. And then what? You have schools that are racing behind political motivations, which, you know, always leads to trouble, that are trying to get something passed uh, through their respective uh, state senates, houses, what have you. Whenever you're trying to, you know, fund something politically motivated, especially with colleges, that gets messy. So if California does pass this, and they did, and it takes effect in four years, then they have a decisive advantage over the states of, like, Alabama, South Carolina, where Clemson is, and suddenly California will become the hub for the top-tier athletes in the country. The NCAA would then have to step in, presumably they would, and they would say, okay, you are allowed to have athletes who profit off their likeness, what have you, but if any of that happens, well, it's not a violation anymore, we still are a separate entity. We're not bound by your government. We're not going to allow you to participate in postseason tournaments. You won't play in a bowl game. You won't play in the college football playoff. Pac-12 won't have anybody there anyway. You won't play in March Madness. You won't play in the Final Four. The NCAA can do that, and they may do that. They may seriously do that if this is only a California, if this is a California unique law. That's why I'm hoping this is something that passes federally, because I don't think we can count on all 50 state governments to be able to match California, because as we know, this is coming from politicians, not school administrators, and politicians in California think a lot differently than those in Alabama, South Carolina, Michigan. 
Yeah, I mean, they're obviously a little bit more progressive out there in California. You know, they're kind of setting this, the standard. But that's the first thing I thought was we're going to see athletes just flocking to the West Coast now mm-hmm. because, like you said, you're coming out of high school. You're Now you're getting told, hey, now you can not only be a great athlete and, and still, you know, live your dreams out of playing for a D1 school and, and obviously have a shot playing professionally, but during that time now you could – Go out there and, and basically act like a professional. Sure, do do your thing, get your autographs, get paid, um, and and start you know obviously getting paid and, and it's more like a job now. And um, I'm I'm with you. I would already guess that there's some already conversation going on because this was that's why it's such a big move because you know I can think it's going to open the floodgates and um, you definitely do would not want to see the NCAA start a whole war. You know, and that would just get really messy. So, I, you know, I'm with you. I think, you know, I would love to see it kind of across the map be be equal. Um, but it, that's just that's super interesting to think because, like you said, it, would you rather go to Alabama? You know, obviously play for a great coach and and a great team with a lot of history and, and play for a national championship, or would you like to go to you know UCLA, live on the West Coast, make a lot of money in the nice sunshine and and um, go on, go to the beach and, and things like that. Obviously, those kids are looking at. I, I mean, I'm going. I'd go play at Cal. I would Absolutely. Go do, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it costs. Because um, if I'm a great player, I'm obviously going to get noticed no matter what. Because you know, you're talking about not every college athlete is going to be able to go out there and and people are going to want their autographs or you know they're gonna, mm-hmm. people are going to want to pay them for their name. But you're talking about a, a select group of like the top athletes. You know the like. An example, probably Trevor Lawrence could probably make a lot of money right oh, now. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Guys, and he like would that. be just as primed to win a championship out there because he would be with like talented athletes. Because everyone's going to start grouping up, and with social media, what's stopping a group of kids from being? Let's go out to USC. Let's bring that program back. Let's all gather together on this team and just start getting paid. And it's basically a professional team almost. So it'd be very interesting. Interesting to see. Obviously, it's still years away. Um, but obviously there's probably, there's probably already talks with other states saying we need to get this going and universities, you know, conversing or, and things like that. But it, it's definitely a, a power shifter. It's a thing that I'm happy to see, but I wish it would have happened across the country at the federal level because right. one state taking action, I don't know that they're going to be the leader for all the other states. I don't think all 49 states are going to follow their lead. Some of them will, but then you're at a total disadvantage to the ones that don't, and it's not because of the school's fault, it's not because of the coaches, it's because your government has given you a decisive advantage. I'm going to be following this one. I'm excited to see what happens here. If the NCAA is going to take action or if other states will, somebody's going to have to, and we're going to be following this story closely. Unfortunately, we're not going to do it today because we're out of time. Jake, I appreciate you, man. Always good seeing you. What else you got going on over at Local 3? Hey, man, we got the Sports Zone. We're working on a Craft uh, Hockeyville special. That mm-hmm. game's coming up. Um, so it's going to be, you know, we got a lot of great stories uh, to kind of set up that game and things like that. So we're working on that. It's going to be a half-hour special coming up. Obviously, the Sports Zone, we got our game of the week and things like that. So, um, you know, and just following kind of fall the fall sports season in high school and obviously keeping track of the Brewers, Tigers, things like that. So a lot of stuff happening, very busy time of the year, and, and just having fun with it. That is it for us in the Sports Pen. I'm back on tomorrow, same time and place. It's my hope you join me. Until then, for Jake Duran, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP.